Welcome to the Candid Comms Podcast. If you're looking for practical and inspirational ideas to help you thrive in internal communication, you're in the right place. I'm your host, international communication consultant, trainer and mentor, Rachel Miller. Through this podcast, I'll share my experience with you so you can increase your skills, knowledge and confidence on all things internal communication related. Hi, it's Rachel. Welcome to the show. In today's episode, you and I are going to be focusing on line manager communication. You will leave with one thing to know, one thing to do, and one thing to think about. Are you ready? Let's get stuck in. When you work as a professional communicator, you will inevitably work with line managers. Now let's just bust some jargon before we dive right in. When I talk about line managers, you may know them as something different in your organisation. It depends on the culture of your organisation. We don't really have consistency, which isn't helpful. When I say line managers, you may know them as people managers, or if you work in an organisation where you have frontline workers, perhaps in a factory, your line managers may well be your factory managers or your plant managers, or maybe if you're in a retail environment, there'll be your shop managers. So when I say line managers, interpret it for the right situation for your organisation and your culture. And normally you have the upper layer of an organisation, the upper management, and then you have your frontline workers or your employees. And what we're talking about here is that middle layer, the people managers, the line managers. Now they've got a really bad reputation. The perception of line managers is typically negative. So I'm curious what your perception is. What made you listen to this episode today? Is it because line manager comms is going really well, thank you, in my organisation? It's going brilliantly, but I'm always up for hearing some other ideas and understanding what other people think about line managers. You're here to try and get some advice and guidance that reinforces the fact that you're doing a good job. Brilliant. Welcome to you. Or maybe you've decided to tune into this episode today because it's not going so well. And you would also like some advice and guidance and some hints and tips to help you think about improving the way line manager comms happens in your organisation. There's a quote that I shared back in episode two of the Candid Comms podcast, which is one of my favourites. And it's information is giving out, communication is getting through. And it's from the American journalist Sidney Harris back in the 40s. Now, when I'm thinking about line manager communication, that mindset is super important because when you're focused on information giving out, and most people's line manager communication is focused on that, what you need to know is the reality of line manager communication in your organisation. Is it just information giving out where your line managers are corporate mouthpieces, if you like? They're just pushing down information to your frontline workers. Or are they much more focused on communication getting through? And this is where the good stuff happens. For me, good, effective internal communication happens when we're focused on checking for understanding, drawing out questions, amplifying employee voice. That mindset is very, very different 
What I think you need to know is the perception of line manager communication in your organization. And the way I'm gonna encourage you to do this is imagine you and I having a conversation and I say to you, tell me in three words what line manager communication is like in your organization. As soon as I said that, what sprung to mind for you? Would you use words like fragmented, vague, or would you use words like outstanding, engaging, critical? What would you say? Now think about your employees. If you asked your employees to describe line manager communication, what are the words that they would use? Would they be the same? encourage you to do that as an exercise. If you don't know the answer to that, if you've never done that before, test it out with a few people. If you're trying to improve the way line managers communicate, having that understanding in terms of what's my starting point, so knowing your starting point is really important because then we can build on that. And what you're looking for is any disconnect between what you say and what you do as an organization. So if you say, for example, you know, we listen to our employees, employees are our greatest asset, and we encourage you to ha have your voices and views listened and heard and acted upon. Excellent. But what's the reality? Do you say that, but then turn comments off, for example, on your internet? Or you say that, but actually, when you're having line manager communication updates, it's very much one way, it's very much broadcast. You're not encouraging them to check for understanding. You're not encouraging your line managers to listen and respond and gather feedback from their teams. So that's what we need to know. I want you to know the current perception of line manager communication in your organization, both from your perspective, from an internal comms perspective, but also from an employee's perspective. And you could take that one step further and ask your line managers, how do they think they're doing? I'm going to share a model with you. And this is something that I've been drawing on flip charts for years. It's probably coming up to about seven years. I've been scribbling this model on a flip chart. If you've ever attended an All Things I See masterclass with me in person, or if you've attended one of my online masterclasses at allthingsic.thinkific.com, you've probably seen this model. Now imagine this in your mind, if you will. It's got global at the top, it's got local in the middle and it's got me at the bottom. Global, local, me. When you're thinking about an organisation and the way that it communicates, what we're looking for is the translation from global to local, local to me. So I've communicated like this for years. I've designed intranets like this. So the global layer is things which are applicable to the whole organisation. And this could be content conversations that happen at the very, very senior level. So if you're thinking about the structure of your organization, global is your most senior leaders, local is where your line managers come in, and me, well, you can guess, <laughs> me is your employees. When you're trying to communicate in your organization, maybe if you're communicating change, for example, what we're planning and what we focus on is what's the global content so what is it that's happening? What is the big change that's happening at a global level? And then imagine some two-way arrows from global to local and local to me, because we need to make sure there is a flow of information and a flow of communication 
So the translation bit from global to local is your line manager. So imagine if there is a change, say you have a merger coming up within your organization. As professional communicators, we can write that really easily from a global perspective. And this doesn't mean international. Global means overarching and impacting the whole organization, something which is applicable to all of us, which a merger would be. Now the translation bit is, what does this mean for our team, our department, our country, our region? The local bit is much more about things that your employees identify with. So the global bit comes from, say, corporate comms, internal comms, and the local bit comes from your line managers. And then your line managers will individually tailor it down to me. So what does this mean for me? Now, this is the most human thing in the world for our employees. What we want to know is, I hear this big change up here, the global bit, but what does it mean for me? Do I still have a job? Can I get married? Can I move house? This is what our employees want to know. And the key to successful line manager communication is making sure that we've got that translation bit from global to local, local to me, sorted. Now I've planned internal comms like that for years. However, what I've realized is that actually employees think the opposite way around. So imagine we're doing a town hall and we're communicating a change. You're gonna start with global. You're gonna say, we're gonna have a merger coming up in, in the organization and your line manager will tell you, see that shift? global to local, your line manager will tell you everything you need to know about how it impacts your team. And then in your line manager situation, maybe your team meeting or maybe your one-to-ones, then we do the shift from local to me. But do we really? How many times, and I know you'll experience this, how many times have your line managers then been in a situation to say, oh, Right, yes, uh, change is coming. And then they repeat the global messages. And when their employees ask questions, they don't have any answers to give. They say, I know as much as you know. This for me is a massive red light going off. It's a massive warning because it tells me, when I see this and I observe this, it tells me that we're not equipping our line managers to be brilliant communicators. And we talked about this in the leadership episode, in episode three, where... I shared how you cannot be a great leader without being a great communicator. Being a great communicator from a leader's perspective right now is doing that translation piece. Sometimes, and maybe particularly for mergers and acquisitions, there isn't a lot of information you can say. But understanding where their team are at is really important. So this is what we need to do. So it talks about what we need to know, and it's the perception of line manager communication. What I want you to do is spot the gaps. I often find there's a lack of clarity for our line managers in terms of what good looks like. People who are line managers are normally promoted because they're brilliant engineers or they're brilliant zookeepers, whatever it might be. They're not promoted because of their people management skills. And if they're promoted to be people managers, we have a responsibility as organizations from an HR people and comms perspective to equip our line managers to be able to thrive. And a massive part of that is their communication skills. 
So when they're into that sort of situation, when the global bit has been handed over to the local bit and the line managers are there, they know what is expected. So I wonder if you have that in your organisation. Something I want you to think about doing as a result of this episode is clarifying that. And I often use phrases like, this is what we expect of you and this is what you can expect of us. So this is things like, we expect you as an organisation to communicate with your team. Now that's not rocket science, but you'll be surprised, or maybe you won't, but you'll be surprised how many times I find this when I'm auditing organisations particularly, and I'm looking for the conditions that we're creating for our line managers. Have we ever said to them, congratulations, you've been promoted to a line manager. Here is what we expect from you. You will communicate with your team. You will get that insight and questions from them. You'll feed it back into comms. And this is what you can expect from us. We have a line manager communication channel that is designed to support you when you're communicating with your team. You publish maybe an editorial calendar that your line managers can see. You make yourselves accountable. You maybe do coaching and training sessions for them. I mean, the list is endless, right? But that's often missing. I developed that when I was working in-house in the railway and I had to call it a competency framework. Now you can call it what you like and that sounds really posh and really scary and it's really not. The intention was this is what we expect from you and this is what you can expect from us as comms. The final part before we take a quick break is I'm going to ask you to flip that model that I shared, global local meet, on its head. Because what I've realised is when you're communicating change, imagine you've had the global bit, you've had the town hall, we've had the CEO stand up and they've told us what's going on and then they've handed over to the line managers. And then the line managers, where do they start? Do they start with me, local, global? I would hazard a guess that they don't. I would hazard a guess that in most scenarios, they repeat what we've already heard. They do global local me. They do, we need to save X amount of millions of pounds a year. Therefore, this change is happening, etc. And then we drill down. Now, your employees aren't listening at this point because we've heard the global bit. We've had a little bit of hint of local. What we want to know is what does this mean for me? So I've started to flip that model on its head and communicate upside down, if you like. So my line manager, what that looks like in reality, my line managers will start the session with their team to say, I've got some news to share with you. It does impact our team, I'm afraid. There will be some job losses. Let me talk you through it. And then you build out into local, the rationale, then you're building out into global, the overarching view of what's going on. If you just dive straight in with, as an organisation, we need to save X amounts of millions of pounds a year. I'm not listening for that. I want to know if I've got a job or not. I wonder what you think about that. How does that resonate for you? The key bit for me is getting my line managers and my leaders comfortable with this model and helping them understand the importance of the me part of it because for change to resonate for employees to feel listened to for them to feel like they have a voice where we're really tapped in and listening to our organization you have to focus on me 
what's in it for me you see that quite a lot in the world of internal comms for effective internal comms to happen you need to drill down to what what does it mean for me and the key to that is your line managers because they will know that translation piece from global to local local to me better than any comms team ever will if you disagree with me by all means challenge me but those relationships that your line managers have, they know the reality of the shop floor, they know the reality of the factory floor, they know the reality of the people who are working from home remotely in their own teams, so they will know how to communicate in the best appropriate way, supported by a competency framework. I know what you expect from me as an organisation, I know what support I have in place from the comms team. Our intention, our mindset, needs to be how can we create the conditions for these line managers to thrive to act as brilliant communicators where they're not the corporate mouthpieces pushing out but they are focused on moving from cascade to conversation there's a brilliant book of that same title from cascade to conversation by katie mccauley i'll include that link in the show notes at allthingsic.com forward slash podcast so you can check it out it's a really really good book but that's the mindset how can you help your line managers move from cascade pushing out to conversation two-way? We're going to take a short break. And when we come back, our final part of today's episode will be focused on what we need to think about. See you in a moment. Comms friends, I have a special offer for you. Because you are a listener of the Candid Comms podcast, you can save 10% off my range of online masterclasses. If you're just starting out, then How to Be an Internal Communicator is the course for you. If you're about to start a new internal comms role, then my How to Create a 90-Day Plan will support you in your first three months. Perhaps you're thinking about becoming a comms consultant. If so, my How to Be a Comms Consultant Exploration Masterclass is the one you need. All of the courses can be found at allthingsic.thinkific.com and simply use the code CANDIDCOMS at the checkout to save 10%. And I hope to see you inside one of those masterclasses very soon. Welcome back. In the final part of today's episode, I'm going to share something for you to think about. So we've already talked about the perception of your line manager communication. I've shared my global local me model with you. And something I want you to think about is how to equip line managers to be better communicators. Often the first step is helping them see the reality of how they're currently communicating for good or bad. So when you're asking the perception right at the start, I was talking about maybe asking line managers how they would describe the way that they communicate. I encourage you to do that because if you decide your line manager communication isn't working well enough from your perspective, but you don't take the time to gather your insight and gather your evidence, it feels like it's come out of nowhere. So a technique we use a lot in the world of internal comms is you've said, so we're doing, or you said, so we did. Does that sound familiar? I'm sure it will. When you're thinking about your line manager communication, what is that feedback? What is that perception? And how can you use that to turn it into action? So it doesn't feel like it's come out of left field where I've certainly been brought into organisations to help line managers be better communicators. 
And for some line managers, it feels like it's come out of left field. It feels like, actually, we think that we're doing a good job with communication. So we don't understand why this is happening. And I've had quite a few difficult conversations. So my advice is to level up and think about the fact that you, know, you can't be a great leader without being a great communicator. And something that I encourage you to think about is how can you help managers understand why it's important to have effective communication. When I worked in-house, I remember having, well, I had many difficult conversations, but I had a really difficult conversation with a stakeholder where he said to me, oh, I've done your team brief thing. And I said, sorry, can I just clarify what you mean by my team brief? And he said, oh, your, your team brief, I've, I've done that for you. And I said, hmm, that's an interesting way of describing it. It's not my team brief. It's a briefing document that I have produced on behalf of the organization for you to be able to have a discussion with your team. And what I really wanted to say, comms friends, was you're not doing me a favor when you communicate with your team. That is your job. And obviously I would never say that, but that's what I was thinking. I wonder how that is in your organization. Does it feel like when you're communicating with your line managers and they go off and do their team briefs, are they doing us a favor? Gosh, if they feel that, clearly we need to do some more work here to change that perception. If it's true that you can't be a great leader without being a great communicator, when I'm trying to work with line managers and trying to help them understand how to be brilliant communicators, I ask them about their own experiences. Particularly if they've never been a people manager before, particularly if we haven't been clear enough about this is what we expect from you and this is what you can expect from us. I get them to describe the best manager that they've ever had. And I say to them, what is it about that person that made them such a good manager? And what I'm listening for, and which I typically hear, is autonomy, where I felt trusted to do my job. They trusted me to just get on and do my thing and what I'm really good at. But what I also often find is there's elements of communication in there. And that's typically comments like, they asked my opinion, they invited me to make decisions, I knew I could always talk to them, their door was always open, you know, these sorts of phrases. They are all communication focused. So something I want you to think about for your own organisation and for your line managers, building on knowing what the perception is of the way that they communicate currently, having real clarity in terms of well, what does good look like? Have we ever said this is what it means to be a great line manager in our organisation and here are all the ways we're going to support you and this is what's expected of you in your daily interactions with your teams? And the third part of that is thinking about what difference would it make? I have this discussion with clients when they might come to me to say, we want to do some training for our line managers and we need to get approval or we need to get budget signed off. What do you think we should do? And my advice always is to link it to the business. So what's the business problem that we're trying to solve by having line manager communication training. Sometimes it will be the inaccurate information is being shared amongst the organization and because we're focused on information giving out, not communication getting through because of a lack of understanding from our line managers, for example, of their role in that, it means that we're wasting time, money and effort as an organization. 
What we're hoping to do is to negate some of that cost of time, money and effort by training our line managers. Therefore, we have accurate, credible, reliable information that saves people time. That's way more compelling than, oh, we just think it'll be a nice thing to do because we've never really done skills training for line managers. I mean, that's fine. But why? What's the business problem that we're trying to solve? What's the impact? In all of this, for me, when you're prioritizing or making decisions as professional communicators, you could do something or you could do nothing. What would the consequence be of not investing in line manager communication? Final thing I want to share with you is something that I'm starting to see more of inside organizations, and that's a dedicated channel for line managers. Sometimes this is a one-stop shop. This is an internal website, a mini microsite that's just for line managers where they can go to get credible, accurate, reliable information. Maybe Q&A documents about upcoming change, maybe visuals of your upcoming office move. It's a source of truth. And the good ones for me is when it's not just a dumping ground for here's all the information that you need to know, but it's coupled with conversations. So good for me, it looks like I'm a line manager, I log into one of these sites and I get all the information I need to equip me to be able to answer the me part of my global local me model. And I can ask questions of my peers. I love using peers, nicely, peers for line manager communication. I believe for our line managers to be brilliant communicators, they need to be comfortable being uncomfortable, particularly when communicating change. One of the best methods I use to create that condition for my line managers to be super comfortable is to do peer groups. So if your line managers need to make people redundant, you know, have job loss conversations, and they've never done that before, give them a safe space to practice. So I've done this with peers. I would get line managers, communicating with line managers in practice scenarios and this isn't cheesy drama I mean you can go down that route but it rarely works out well this is much more around skills you know skills mapping conversations where you get to try things out where you practice having the difficult conversations with a peer and you get advice and guidance from your peer Peer-to-peer communication is seen as credible, trusted, and reliable. I'll include a link in the show notes to the Element Trust Barometer. Barometer on Trust comes out every year. Back in 2013, peer-to-peer communication was where it was at. And the definition that was used in the Edelman Trust Barometer was, I trust people like me. I've applied that mindset to my work in internal comms for years, since 2013, probably before that, but particularly since 2013, I've used that as my hook to say, we know that peer-to-peer communication is credible. We know that it's trusted. So use that mindset. Get your line managers comfortable being uncomfortable by practicing with each other and then putting all of that feedback into that microsite or whatever that resource is that you're creating and this is a great source of stories for us as internal communicators, where you've got your line managers, for example, sharing their stories of, I had this difficult situation within my team, or this is my experience of how I've communicated X, Y, Z, and this is what I found to work well. This can be a bit sensitive if it's job losses and redundancies and restructures. So just be mindful about what, what they're sharing. But What you can do there is build up a body of knowledge of your line manager sharing hints and tips and tricks and hacks for whatever's right for your culture to help their peers. 
I find that fascinating. I love seeing that. Other organisations have apps, for example, for the top 100 managers or top 250 managers or however many that looks like, where again, it's a source of truth, where they go to get credible, accurate, reliable information to help them do their jobs and then know what they're showing with their teams is accurate. So I wonder whether you do that. Another thing that I encourage you to think about as we sign off from this episode is, can you communicate with your line managers? Do you have the mechanics in place? Do you have an email distribution list, for example? Do you have a group or discussion thread on Yammer, which is just for your line managers? If you needed to reach all your people managers now, could you do that? That normally comes into its own in a crisis scenario. And we particularly found that during 2020 with COVID comms, where you had to communicate policy changes, compliance changes, all sorts with your people managers and not being able to reach them because you didn't have a distribution list became an issue for many organisations that had to solve incredibly quickly. So your future self will thank you if you don't have line manager communication in your organisation. It's something that you're thinking about. As a starting point, make sure you know who your line managers are and you have a mechanism to be able to communicate with them. So I hope that was helpful. There was lots in there to help you think through line manager communication and what good looks like and thinking about barriers and blockers like not having distribution lists and I shared my global local me model with you and how to flip it to make your leaders be brilliant communicators, particularly the change comms environment to go me, local, global, and those arrows in between, those translation points from global to local, local to me and vice versa, rely on having a consistency of approach for your line managers where they feel supported, they know what you expect from them, and they know what they can expect from you in terms of support. As ever, I'd love to know what you think of this episode. You can find me online at All Things I See on Twitter, at Rachel All Things I See on Instagram. Look me up on LinkedIn, that's Rachel Miller. And do feel free to check out the show notes, allthingsisee.com forward slash podcast, where I've included all of the links for all the things that we've talked about today. As ever, remember, what happens inside is reflected outside. See you again soon.